you will experience the full power of the dark side. there you're listening to the inland empire aces an x-wing podcast i'm trevor betts and i'm joined by mitch rapp yo and mason tanner hey in this episode we discuss the epic battles expansion pack with our guest gabriel hughes how are you doing gabe i'm doing great i miss you guys yeah we missed you for a whole episode and you came back to us already <laughs> i know <laughs> turns out i just needed a little time to uh to settle in but uh yeah i could probably do this more often I don't know how good a Maryland point of view is for SoCal X-Wing, though, so if you don't want me, I understand. <laughs> no one is ever truly gone. Oh, thanks, Luke. Um, and then we have some announcements and events before we get started. Uh, Mitch, you want to go ahead? Yeah, so we've recently uh, seen the launch of the SoCal X-Wing Discord channel. Um, there's a link in the description uh, or in the notes. Um, it's got tons of threads for events all over SoCal. Um, Recently, the community has produced the advanced targeting computer. Um, I want to say that was done by the, somebody in the crates. Um, but it's basically like MetaWing on steroids down to the upgrade. So have fun with that. Um, TM Clay, uh, our sponsor, TMK Clubhouse, um, is you know continuing to sponsor us. So visit the uh, show notes for links to their website and Facebook groups and their store. Um, if you use promo code TIEACES, you can get 5% off. Um, and uh, that's about all we got. And then one other um, announcement, too, that I have is the Ties for Tots. Um, we're we're going to be cutting to a short interview here. Um, and we'll discuss more about that then. So I'm here with Brian Bugai, and you are the creator of Ties for Tots. The last couple of years, we had it out in Temecula. Um, this year's a little bit different. Um, do you want to kind of talk about what Ties for Tots is, and then we'll get into the location and details here in a minute? Yeah, Ties for Tots is a Star Wars-themed uh, charity that donates directly to the Toys for, Dot- Toys for Tots charity. So we're not really a charity of our own, but we're more like a collection point, and we theme it towards Star Wars. We have like a tournament, and the entry fee of that tournament is toys which goes to the toys for tots uh foundation now what is the toys for tots foundation if um anyone's not familiar with with that well if you're not familiar with that you've probably been living under a rock but we'll forgive you for that (laughs) uh the toys for tots foundation is ran by the marine corps the u.s marine corps and uh every christmas uh, they deliver toys to children and families that uh, couldn't afford toys of their own or you know families in need um, and it really kind of—it's meant to give them a happy Christmas where they otherwise wouldn't—they wouldn't be getting anything at all. Um, and it supports uh, children from toddlers all the way to teens. Uh, so it's—it's mm-hmm. it's a really cool program, and I just love the fact that if if we can help out our youth and just you know give kids a childhood that would otherwise not be getting that childhood Christmas, you know that's 
it's a, that's something special. Hmm. And I really like it because we're playing with plastic toy spaceships ourselves, and uh, kind of like we're kid inside, and so we're helping kids in need. It's that, helping uh, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, is there anything different about ties for tots from a normal tournament besides just the entry fee being toys? So the one thing that I do is I have the Christmas bounty list, which I can bring up. Let's see here. So the Christmas bounty list, I like to have everything kind of named thematically around Christmas, but also involve uh, like the, the current X-Wing ships in the game. Uh, let me see if I can find that. I don't know where I put it. Oh, you know what? It's on the event page on Facebook. So you want to go talk about the location while I bring it up? Yeah, so um, this year it's at GMI Games in Riverside, California. Um, it's going to be on December 14th um, on a Saturday. It starts at, let's see here what the actual sign-up time is. Sign-in is at 11, start time 12. Again, entry fee is a toy donation. And um, um, prizes are still to be announced, but... Every single year, there's always a bunch of prizes donated to us um, by different members of the community. And then um, I know GMI has a bunch of um, a bunch of alt arts and stuff that they make. And um, are you going to have any special themed cards that go along with Christmas this year? Well, they were always donated, and I did put uh, feelers out. But I haven't gotten anything uh, confirmed back 100% yet, so that's still open. I'm hoping, I'm hoping yes, because the last person, the person who has been donating cards, has been doing it the last two years, and it sounded like they were interested in continuing to do so. But uh, I don't want to announce anything and then to not have it. But I can announce that we are getting four board games from the Alliance Game Distributors. Those are the exclusive distributors for FFG and Asmo Day for X-Wing. But we're getting so we're getting four board games from them. So, um, do you have the bounties up? I have them up. If not, I do. So I'll just hit some of my favorite names. Uh, like one of my favorite ones on here is the Island of Misfit Toys bounty. It's to use a broken ship model for the tournament. So that could be like a Tie Fighter that's missing its wing, or maybe your your you know Millennium Falcon had lost its radar ages ago, and now it's now it's there, and you can use it because it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got some kind of broken X-wing somewhere, like maybe you know, like the, the the really small like gun that's on the K-wing in the front of the king. Those two little small guns on the those are always broken off, right? That's a that's a broken <laughs> ship. So, <laughs> uh, some fun ones on here, like uh, let's see here, bomb humbug, damage a friendly ship with one of your own bombs or devices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, Santa's got a brand new bag. Use rigged cargo shooter space parts container directly on an enemy ship. So. <laughs> yeah, I remember I TO'd um, one of the ties for tots, and so I remember, like, people being so excited coming in and turning in their bounties. Because, um, like, they could be 0-4, but they still having a good day um, trying to damage their own ship or trying to get a bunch of stress tokens. Um, yeah. And every and, bounty you complete, you have to come in and you got to turn in for an altar cart. Each time you completed one. Yeah. And then, of course, at the end of the day, you get a prize for most bounties, right? Mm -hmm. There's if you, if 
you, there's a max of 200 points. I don't know how the heck you're going to get all 200 of them. But if you do, congrats. Um, but the people with the highest score for bounties at the end of the day uh, got a prize. And last year, there was a three-way tie. And so we had a... You, you, got, you chose your opponent's ship from his list. Didn't matter the points. You chose your opponent's li- uh, squad or one of his ships, and you, and then all of you have free-for-all against that ship. So, that was pretty fun. And hopefully, like, you have a good ship going into that. Well, your opponent picks your ship. <laughs> so you're not going to have a good ship. Everybody's going to have bad ships. Well, like, last year, I remember, like, you could have, like, a two-ship list, like Han Po, whereas, like, one of your ships, like, oh, it's it doesn't always matter good. which one they pick, yeah. you just have a good ship. Whereas, like, some people could have, like, Five ship rebels and have a Z ninety five, or a vulture droid or something. <laughs> so there's um, a little bit of a list building involved in that. Um. So yeah. Um. Again, December fourteenth is ties for tots. Um. The Facebook event will be in the show notes. Um. There's also a tabletop to link to sign up, and again, it's uh. Minimum of ten dollar toy or around there. Just don't cheap out and get like a dollar tree or a dollar tree toy. Um, I'm sure yeah. no one will mind if you bring twenty toys as well. Um, so yeah, again, December fourteenth, Saturday at GMI Games. The toys you have to, you bring have to be unwrapped and new. Unwrapped and new, perfect. Yep. And Charles is the TO for this year, right? Yep. And we'll try to do an interview with him the day of. Because um, that will actually be his last event he's TOing, um, I believe, just because it's been tough to with him. <laughs> just because it's been them. tough with him living so far away. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, thanks for joining us, Brian, and we'll get back to the show. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Passing engagement. An unexpected encounter between convoys in the depths of space sparks a desperate pitched battle. Each side seeks to secure its key personnel safety in the chaos of battle, so these individuals can survive to fight another day. In this scenario, each player attempts to escort two shuttles to the opposite corner while launching attacks on the enemy shuttles. Scenario setup. Play area. 3x3. Obstacles. Any six. Place markers and remotes. The first player places two shuttles at range 0 to 2 of one corner of the play area. Then the second player places two shuttles at range 0 to 2 of the opposite corner. The edge of the player touching the range 5 side of each player's deployment area is the other player's escape edge. Shuttle movement. In the system phase, starting with the first player's remotes, each shuttle relocates forward using 4 straight, 3 bank, left or right. Escape. During the end phase, if a shuttle is at range 0 to 1 of its, of its escape edge, it escapes. Its player scores 3 victory points. Transport Destroy. After a shuttle is destroyed or flees, the other player scores 1 victory point. End of game. In the end phase, if there are no shuttles in play, the game ends. There is standard scoring for each ship destroyed, plus each player adds 25 points per victory point that that player scored. So passing engagement, That this is the mission that we 
decided to play um, for the pot, pot, for the podcast. So Mitch and or Mitch and I played, and then Gabe, you played with um, somebody out in Maryland. Is that correct? That is correct. And then Mason, have you had a chance to play yet? Uh, I have not played the passing engagement, but uh, Mitch and I did a little 300-point skirmish, um, and I got handily walloped. <laughs> <laughs> was he cheating in that one, though? No, no, no. It was legit. It was, um, there was torpedoes legit. everywhere. The list, was, the, the list was entirely legal and much, much worse. Yeah. So what I want to do is I want to go through each of our lists. Um, and so I'll do mine first. So passing engagement, I decided I wanted to run a republic, right? That was kind of like my faction I chose to do. And then we kind of said we wanted epic ships to be, or huge ships, sorry, mm -hmm. um, to be in the list themselves. And so when you're in republic, you only have one option, which is a CR90. So for 300 points, I already have 150 into the CR90 alone. So that kind of limited my list options. So I did targeting battery and perceptive co-pilot on my CR90 and that was it. Um, and then I took... Wow. Yeah. Well, because there's if I load it out, then I have like no points left. Um, True. It'd be like just V19s and I didn't feel like What's that'd wrong be very with strong. That? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like it'd be very strong. Um, yeah. And also too, part of the mission where the shuttles, they'll gain an evade result if you have a friendly ship like in the attacker's arc. Mm -hmm. I didn't think two dice attack ships would actually do anything to it. Um, and we'll kind of go through the strategy here in a little bit when we talk about Mitch and I's game. Um, the rest of my list has Obi-Wan with CLT and R4 Astromech, and then two 104th Battalion pilots for those three dice attacks. Um, it also helped because I'm running a list with two arcs and Obi-Wan in my regular list, so just made it easy. Um, so that's my list. and it was So... So you can go ahead, Mitch. Yeah. So uh, the list that I I ran against uh, I ran against uh, Trevor. Um, so I decided to run to run the separatists, just kind of make it a little bit thematic. Um, so I had a list that I kind of stole from Andrew Knuckles. I ran I fought him in Worlds in the top cut, and I'm like I saw this and I went I want to steal it. Um, so it had SureTech with Ensnare, um, Seer with uh, Solus One. Um, and uh, Kraken, um, DFS 311 with Struts, and then three trade-fed drones with um, Struts and Discord missiles. So I figured, you know, you can toss a Discord missile into an into a huge ship, and they're going to have a hell of a time getting rid of it. Um, I think <laughs> pretty much the only way the huge ship can get rid of a Discord missile is the one bank. I mean, the zero bank. Um, just about any other... Um, move of it will overlap that uh, forward position. Um, either that or, you know, have somebody heads up with the ship to prevent the op or plug prevent the Discord from redeploying in there. Um, and then for my huge ship, I went with a Sea Rock. Um, unfortunately, yet another squad builder decided to tell me that there was a turret, a, a gunner slot on the Sea Rock um, for the Separatists. When somebody pointed at me on the FFG boards, that that is not the case. I had apparently uh, never read that document, so <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know it was wrong. 
So you should be using the official FFG squad builder then. I know. Whenever they get around to letting Epic ships be in their squad builder, I'll consider it. <laughs> so, um, but less hate. Um, so it had a targeting battery, a dorsal turret. Um, I had, I think, perceptive, or yeah, I think I had perceptive co-pilot on there. Um, and damage control team. Oh yeah, damage control team. And I think I had bombardment specialists as well, um, though they didn't really come into into play for this game. I don't know. Wherever it was, um, actually, I got it on my phone. Let me go pull that up. But basically, it only came up to um, it was like a ninety nine point um, C rock, so it um, fit in fairly. Yeah, it fit in fairly uh, nicely up alongside a uh, what you call it uh, against squad. a regular two hundred point squad. Um, yeah. So it's quite strong. You got like world's world's lists with the Sea Rock. Um, I got I got the list here for you. Um, yeah, you had targeting battery, General Grievous, veteran turret gunner, damage control team, Corsair refit, and dorsal turret. So it was still fairly felt for a um, for a heavy ship, um, just at ninety nine points. Um, yeah. And you know the idea is the Corsair lets you spend an energy to fire a turret, and then you would fire your primary. Veteran turret gunner to fire the turret again, then Corsair refit to fire you know, a second turret shot, and then targeting battery all in one turn. How did you? How did you try to do it? Um, because we had the discussion between our game because I didn't know if it would work would work or not. Yeah, we were thinking about using veteran turret gunner to fire the targeting battery, um, but after we kind of hashed out the rules, um, we're fairly certain it doesn't work just because of the interaction with. Um, the veteran turret granting a bonus attack, and then there being a bonus attack clause on the on the targeting uh, battery, um, and then the rule that the epic ships have about only using a bonus attack clause once per turn. So, um, I think yeah, we only did it once, and I missed. Um, so, hmm. um, it turns out doesn't even have a gunner slot anyway. So <laughs> yeah, so not overly relevant there, but there are other, other Epic ships that can include a gunner slot and a, uh, um, and a targeting battery. Um, so it's kind of a non-bow unfortunately, but if you can get a, I, I can't see any that have veteran turret gunner plus regular turret, but my knowledge of Epic is an exhaustive. Um, but the idea is, is I've got a fairly, you know, shooty epic ship, and then a squad that has lots of mods and um, crack shot, so it can kind of hold its own and tunnel through a reinforce if it really needs to. Um, Gabe, what was your list? All right, I should have it pulled up right now, but I don't. Now I do. Okay, so I went first order because I'm on a huge first order kick. Um, I started with, uh, let's start with the Gazanti. So Gazanti cruiser, first order sympathizers. I gave them Captain Phasma and Petty Officer Thanison. Now, this is the big thing combo that I was really excited to try that I never got to try. Okay, so Captain Phasma says, at the start of the at the end of the engagement phase, each enemy ship at range zero to one that is not stressed gains a stress token. And Petty Officer Thanison kicks in and says, uh, during the activation or engagement phase, including the end of the engagement phase from Captain Phasma, right? So um, after an enemy ship in your firing arc at range 0 to 1 gains a red or orange token, like a stress token, if you are not stressed, you may gain one stress token. If you do, that ship gains one additional token of the one of the type that it gained. So 
I go up there. <laughs> I'm in range zero to one. I give him a stress token with phasma. We'll go one at a time. I give one ship a stress token with phasma. Then I say, oh, you're not, you know, you're in my arc at range zero to one. I'm going to give you another one and take a stress myself. Energy makes that stress go away. I'm not stressed. Go to the next guy. Do Captain Phasma stress. And then I go, oh, Petty Officer Thanos and says, take another stress token. I stress myself. Lose an energy. Still not stressed. I go down. I, if I'm full energy, I can do it to four ships. Double stress by the end of the round. Can you, wow. you can't just trigger Phasma once. You can do it multiple times. I believe each ship once. Each ship. Each ship, each ship is, once. Yeah, each ship happens once. But oh, I see. you interrupt you interrupt Thanison to take care of that ship before you move on to the next ship and see if they're in range zero to one. <laughs> it's all it's one. all uh, old it's a uh, old school Mar Mara Jade. It's old school yeah. Mara Jade. Is that okay. it? Yeah, yeah, right. That's Captain Phasma. And then Petty Officer Thanison kicks it up and notch says, Why aren't you all double stressed? So super exciting. I like that. And then I gave Kylo Ren with hate and optics leading a wing of two Omega Squadron Aces with Fanatical and Optics. And then I had a Starkiller-based pilot uh, with a heavy laser cannon, because I figured there are a lot of ships on Epic, so I should be able to line up the bullseye, even though I'm a clunky Upsilon. I really like um, that HLC on there, because if you line up on like the bullseye on like an Epic ship, uh, or a huge ship, I guess, like that's five dice, right? Uh, yeah! With their ship super ability. good. So I did line up once, but I also had a Sat or a shuttle at range one. So I was like, ah, five dice on my objective or five dice on that huge ship. And I was like, ah, yeah. I'll go after the objective. Um, yeah. And Mason, um, even though you didn't play the scenario, what was your 300 point list? Yeah. So I, I played a little bit with Mitch um, on Wednesday and I was bringing the, uh, the CR 90, um, and so what I did with that is I did Jan Dodonna uh, with Dodonna's Pride. And so basically, uh, Dodonna's Pride gives you a bunch of linked actions that you can do. So focus or an evade into a coordinate. And then Jan allows you to share your uh, focus or evades with uh, homies at range 0 to 3, I think it is, or it's 1 to 3. Um, and so you put a perceptive co-pilot on there, and so you can get two focus uh, for your first action. Then you can take an evade for your second action and then link that into a red coordinate. Um, so not only are you loading yourself up with tokens that you can share, you're loading up your other ships, um, a damage control team on there. Uh, the version that I ran before only had the targeting battery and a couple of the other upgrades were different, but I decided I want to try to throw a turbo laser on there and get those long range shots. Um, and then I did, I really like the idea of the optimized power core with doing blue maneuvers and getting energy back because that turbo laser is just going to eat through energy when you fire it. So getting one back every turn kind of gives you a little bit there. And I wanted to see about playing around with, um, oops, I just, oh, well, I just removed the pilot from my list. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, I was thinking about wow. a bombardment specialist. Um, to get some range two turbo laser shots. Yeah, or if I needed to uh, make my primary hit up to range five as well, because it already goes to yeah. four. So that's pretty good. And then bring it up to 200 points with two Red Squad Vet X-Wings with a crack shot, because why not? I forgot to say, I also had optimized power core and damage control team into banner reserves, because it was spending all the energy on stress. I wanted to get my energy back, similar to how Mason wanted to get energy back for his build, too. Yeah. Speaking, speaking I, of that, 
Did you guys have any trouble with energy? Because I've never really had any trouble with energy in any of the um, <laughs> games I've played. Oh, funny story about that. Um, so, so Mitch brought a pretty nasty list that punched through my whole or my ship like it was a piece of paper. Uh, and I got some pretty nasty crits, uh, which inflicted ions. And then when I moved, took all my energy away. And then I had more crits that made it so when I moved, I got or at the when I would regenerate energy, I'd regenerate one less. So he yeah. knocked all of my energy out, and I couldn't get it back. <laughs> yeah. So watch out for crits, guys. Some moral stories: Raider is pound for pound the DPS king of Epic. Uh, uh yeah. Ouch. I think we've kind of figured that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the C- it's it's way better than the CR ninety, I think. Um, just with having torpedoes access and um, all the hard points and being able to double mod fairly easily. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah, so Mitch and I were kind of talking uh, about kind of the Raider versus the CR90, and I think we've come to the agreement that at the like the 300 point range, the the Raiders it's it's probably the better option. But the CR90 starts to get more values, you get more points and more ships on the board to kind of support, as it is more of a support based ship. Uh, so once you start getting up to like four or five hundred points, get a couple more ships on the table. Um, it can do more work, but it's it's not a powerhouse in itself. I agree with that. So, and, what makes that difference there? Like, what functionally? What is it about the CR ninety that lends itself to supporting a, a larger squad than the Raider, which can function as a centerpiece? Yeah. So the way that I kind of look at the ship, um, I absolutely love the combination of Jan Dadana and Dadana's Pride. Um, cause you do lose a couple shields on your ship, but the fact that you can, you can, uh, focus coordinate or evade coordinate. And then the Donna crew allows you to share those tokens. Um, just, just the ability to always have a focus ready, um, for any of your ships nearby. And you can also look into, uh, what is it? That shield battery, I think it was, where you can use adaptive shields. Yeah, adaptive shield to defend your your nearby ships, so you can kind of cruise up with the the fleet, um, protect them a little bit. Um, Specifically, he can go double focus plus evade on his ship, and then any ship that like doesn't matter what ship in his fleet that you're trying to kill, that ship has two focuses and an evade token in addition to everything else they got. Um, so yeah. it, you know, it makes any part of his fleet that much harder to kill. Yeah. Uh, whereas like the Raider works by basically, uh, like I'll, I'll sit there and the Raider will throw two proton torpedoes, a concussion missile and a hard point weapon, usually targeting battery at the same ship. And <laughs> like, you know, if it's only got its regular, um, complement of tokens, it'll, you know, it'll wear them out and then just die. But if you've got Dodonna's pride chilling back there, they're like, I don't care which one you picked. You know, here's a fat suit here stack. Yeah. Um, chilling on that ship. So if you have say Republic versus first order and the first order brings a Raider and Republic brings a CR 90, does that still hold without that title? I mean, the, the claim that the, it's one supporty or is that more of geared toward the title, specifically the Dodonna's pride title that makes it, 
that support. More the, I think it's more the rebels. The rebels variant of it has got a lot of good, very good, very solid support crew. Yeah, yeah, the crew are great too. I mean, Leia crew and yeah. Oh yeah, no Leia crew in Epic, real good. Get up, get in there, take your shots, flip around. Don't even yeah. worry about it. Let's just K turn with a wing of Z ninety fives. No big deal. Oh, God, they come. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we have all the lists um, discussed, let's talk about the mission here. The mm-hmm. goal was to get the two shuttles across the board, um, and you gain three victory points when you do that. But when you kill a shuttle, you gain twenty five. When One Mitch victory. and I were setting up, and we were setting up in our corners. I was like, my goal was to kind of protect the shuttles because he he looked like he was going to just straight up joust and try to kill those shuttles. So I was like, okay, I'll protect them, right? And so we had the CR-90, my two arcs, and then Obi-Wan kind of off ready to defend those shuttles. And what was your thought process, uh, Mitch, when you were setting up? Were you just going to go after those shuttles and then um, decide just to go after my guys instead? Um, so basically, um, I wanted to I wanted to put a big threat on your shuttle. So I, I deployed my brick of um, my my you know my standard list, if you will, the drone swarm brick. I deployed it on the right side, pointed towards the shuttles. Um, the goal was to either kill the shuttles or, if you brought you know support craft out there, engage and destroy those. Um, meanwhile, I was going to send my sea rock down to control the center of the board. Um, and then have my own shuttles do fast moves towards the center of the board so that way my sea rock could provide uh, cover because the shuttles have a rule that if there's a if there if you have another ship in the firing arc um, at the same time as the shuttle they get to add a an add and evade die um, so it makes it really hard to target the uh, shuttles while there's friendly ships nearby them um, so I was going to take the you know basically take the center of the board with the with the sea rock have my shuttles basically go into the center and then cut towards your middle end of the board. Um, and I wasn't really given your deployment and the fact that you were, you kind of counter deployed towards um, your own shuttles. I wasn't worried about it, and you mounting an attack on my own shuttle. So I could kind of move towards the center of the board with impunity. Um, and then just when in I- general, trying to attack the shuttles while there's an Epic ship nearby is, Fairly dangerous just because epic ships can at any time, you know, dial up a three bank or a five straight and just plow over your standard ships. So, like, my thought process was like, okay, I can walk these shuttles almost to the other end of the board because you won't be able to kill them. Um, I I didn't realize you had seer, um, and so like kind of changed mm-hmm. the math on how long like my arcs would last, um, and so. Of course, like my arcs went down. You, your, your list was going down pretty fast, but I think it got to a point where you killed I, off my I three tray fed drones for two arcs and Obi. I think. Yeah, because like Obi went down pretty easily because Obi went off to the side to try to go after those shuttles and kind of distract the Sea Rock. And the Sea Rock just Sea Rock around it. Range one. Yeah. Ouch. Mm. But like, I didn't execute very well. I. I think if I were to do it over again, I would have the CR90 just kind of just protect the shuttles, whereas the rest of my list would go after your shuttles. Because by the time I think you could get past the CR90, my shuttles would be free and clear with um, 
your shuttle is probably hopefully dying um, soon after. And I think that's what I would do is kind of just use the CR90 to kind of block you from going to the other side of the board where I would be at. So I missed it. Uh, how many shuttles were destroyed and escaped total? Um, I got one of mine off the opposing side of the board and destroyed both of Trevor's. Okay. Oh, we destroyed one and he got both and stuff. It was a huge point swing because with him huge. having one go off on the side of the board, he gained 75 points. Yep. And then yep. with we didn't have enough protection by the time it was at the end of the game, like the Sea Rock was just kind of going and around the, the shuttles. Just like followed and destroyed the shuttles. I, um, but it was your escort was dead, so you couldn't you couldn't really reverse course with your uh, CR ninety to protect them. I think I lost that game in turn zero. A big part of it was I didn't discuss because also Brian was um, running the CR ninety. And so I didn't discuss with him before I set my other ships down, like how he wanted to. Mm. I think if we discuss ahead of time, it would have been much better. But I think we lost that turn zero, that game. And so like these missions are very critical um, on how you approach them. So Gabe, did yes. you experience any of that? Absolutely. So I set up and here's what went through my mind. I want maximum energy so that I can do my little stress shenanigans on the enemy. So I, I, I pointed my, my huge ship towards them. And the more I looked at it, the more I realized there were like four obstacles in my way, including some horrible ones that would give me stress, the debris and some um, gas clouds too. And I was like, do I really want to run it, run across those and plow right into a starfighters? I thought, no, I think this thing would have better hunt the shuttles. So then I switched and I Kylo in the wing fly through the huge ship to go into the asteroids into the obstacles to fight their ships and I had my huge ship turned towards the shuttles. So then I only had two shots on the shuttle because I had no other weapons on the, the Gozanti. I had the Gozanti's main weapon and I had the the uh, um, Upsilon shuttle. And that's it. And two ships attacking these shuttles just can't take down both shuttles in time. So he got one shuttle to escape. I almost had a shuttle escape but he had this really brilliant move where he went really fast a turn and the next round he went really fast and just cleared and I didn't get the bump and so he was in range and was able to kill one of the shuttles and my last shuttle and I was like ah I almost escaped with that shuttle so close I was in the end, the end zone too that range 0 to 1 where I was going to escape at the end of that round I feel so, so bad shooting those shuttles when they're like range 3 so they get an extra die they roll two natties then you add another evade on top of that so good <laughs> I think that happened yeah. like 2 or 3 times like, yeah, oh. and so you really got to position your ships uh, to be able to make sure you maximize that to give that covering uh, defense for the shuttles. Very cool. Um, the highlight of the match, I think we all we both agreed. He was flying separatists as well, and he had a wing of hyena bombers. The leader was four hundred four, and he got the range one six dice advanced proton torpedo, all six hits on one of my shuttles. Nice. Oh. Ho, ho. Ouch. Um, although, actually, now that I think about it, does that only work for ships? Maybe we broke the rules there. No, uh, for remotes, um, abilities that affect ships only work if it's the attacker using those abilities. So basically, oh, if, it's okay. a, you know, if you're attacking somebody and says, do this to the enemy ship, you're good. If you're okay, not good, an yeah. attack, none of those abilities work. Yeah, so six dice advanced proton torpedo. It was hilarious, even though it was my shuttle getting blown up. But yeah, good times. 
Oh, also good times was uh, I had turned my Gozanti back towards my own board edge to chase the shuttle. And he came in from the back and rammed at speed five into my uh, Gozanti and dealt me five crit or um, four crits and a shield. Yeah. Brilliant. It was great. <laughs> so beware of the ram. That that can do some serious damage when it's huge shift to huge shift. Or huge how, shift to anything, really. How that works, right, is um, you are dealt crits equal to the number or the equal to the speed, right? Um, so if you did yeah. the five speed, it'd be oh. five crits. Right. Yeah, so so both of us suffered the damage, damage, but he had three shields and I had one. So he came out way ahead on that one. Yeah, typically you only ram want to ram when you have a shield advantage over your opponent, or it'll do enough damage yep. to kill them. Yeah, yeah right. So, yep, exactly. So, um, good. Go ahead. It was good. No, that was good times, that's all. Um, so, Mason, uh, how do you set up in your standard game? <laughs> I, uh, I made a few mistakes. Um, so, <laughs> kind of what we did is we were just playing with a couple other people in the store. Um, and so Mitch teamed up his Raider with another one of our friends who brought a, who brought a standard 200-point list. So they had a the 300-point epic, and our friend had the uh, standard list. I brought a 300-point epic, and then just one of the other squads I had in my box. So that's the one with Luke, Nora, Dutch, and Blount. Um, not, not bad. Yeah, no, it's a solid list, but um, I, I don't think it's the right choice for Epic because uh, Nora and Blount combo is all about getting into range one. Uh, and if there's Epic ship that you're trying to get in range of and they just uh, look at you and drive right over you, um, that doesn't work so well. So what I tried to do is they had a they had three TIE Reapers, uh, two pilots go one defenders, and the uh, the big feller, and one of them had the one of the, yeah, oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> one of the 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 reapers had Palpatine on it, so I was like, okay, um, I will go ahead and try to take out that shuttle with Nora and Blount, and then I'll leave my two red squads, Luke and Dutch, over with the CR ninety to deal with uh, the other two reapers and the two defenders. What I failed to realize is Mitch hadn't put down the Raider yet. Um, and the Raider drove up right in front of uh, Nora and Blount coming out of hyperspace and said, hi, guys, have some torpedoes. Oh. Uh, and so Blount actually managed to survive, to survive I think. I, I was shooting him at range four, so I only got to hit him with one torpedo and one tar uh, targeting laser. Yeah, he. I think he managed, he managed to survive that using... Uh, Dodana and that shield battery, which was the only time I used it that game. Um, but yeah, no, the the Raider hits hard when it wants to. Yeah, and then the following turn, I caught uh, Nora at range three with uh, the Raider, and I dumped like two proton torpedoes and a concussion missile and a targeting laser battery into Nora, and she just went poof. Yeah. Um, mm. So kind of like he had those two ships on the on the side, and then just based on where I put the Raider, I kind of isolated them and had the Raider munch on those two guys while, uh, while his CR-90 could only fire, like, a you know, was only in range to fire pot shots, like, one weapon at a time at me, so it really wasn't worth it to, you know, shoot into, you know, regenerate two 
Plus, I think I had reinforced because I had a, the palp. Uh, yeah, the palp re reaper was just cruising behind me, constantly handing me free actions. That was obnoxious. So <laughs> you know, um, like my my standard build is two initiative one reapers plus that raider, and a raider with three to four actions a turn is really good. Yeah. How do you like? Um, do you have the upgrade to help you with reloading? Since you have like missiles and torpedoes, yeah. Well, if you can't reload without it, so you you need to have it if you want to run the up if you want to run the hard points. Um, and it would you'd basically fire two concussions and a torpedo, and then you'd reload, which would cost you about three to four energy. Um, so because I mean, if it's you spend energy for each, you spend energy for each charge, it, right? Well, you get one, you get one reload for free, and then you spend um, energy for each. Um, you know, missile or torpedo load past the first, and then you spend one more energy for canceling the uh, weapons disable token. Yeah, and he had the what is the one where you get energy off blue maneuvers called? Uh, optimized power core. Yeah. Um, yes. So I had a really good, really good budget. I never really ran into energy problems. Um, no. Um, I think my, most of my like the only time I ever came close was because I I like did a turn maneuver. And clipped like two rocks at the same time, but <laughs> uh, I was at near like full shields when I did it, so it really wasn't a, you know, it was more of a, a hit to the energy than anything else. Um, but just do it, you know, a couple blues the following turns, and it'll charge you right up. Remind me again, did you have a title on that raider? Uh, oh, yes, yeah. the uh, in, was it the impetuous title? I think it's the oh. one that lets you oh. dice if your opponent has any red token. By the way, target locks are red. Um, oh, so you target a yeah. or somebody, which gives you a target lock, and then all of your other weapons have double fire control system. So that's um, instigator, six points. Yeah, adds a team slot. That one. Only six um, points. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, fire control is only two. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's a really, really good value on a ship that can make four attacks around. Um, wow. Wow. Makes me want to fly the raider. Uh, but basically, the moral of the story is raiders kill things real good. Uh, well, I'm just thinking now about instigator with uh, the what's it called point defense I, battery. Um, there, hmm. well, there's um, there's another one I was running. I, I did a one v one with the raider versus um, well, it was a raider versus raider, and the other guys built his with the um, with the ion cannon battery. Uh -huh. um, he hit me with that, and then he was just like, he'd shoot me with the ions to put ions into me, and then with the ion token sitting on me, he would then get re-rolls with all of his other weapons. Oh. And then every couple of turns, oh. six, I'd do the one straight, only be able to focus, and I, you know, all my coordinate shenanigans wouldn't work because um, you know, there'd be people around. Um... Or, you know, because the ions prevent you from doing anything but focusing. So when I was given the rules of first read, I'm like, ion barely does shit to a large thing. And then I remembered that uh, that recent rule change about what ion does. I'm like, oh, this is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the, the recent rule change, because I haven't been in the loop, is at uh, any time. Because it used to be just in your activation phase. You can't, you can't do anything but focus. But now it's, oh, no, the entire round. Is that right? It's basically as long as you have the appropriate amount of tokens plus the activation following you losing them. Oh, 
plus the activation that after well, you lose. It used to be you, it would only affect you. Basically, you would do, you would do the maneuver, remove the tokens, and then do a perform step. And then the, yeah. you know, the original rules was during that perform action step, thou shalt only focus. Yes. And like, then yeah. now, now they're like, well, from the time you get the tokens until that time, that whole time is only focus. Um, so that, you know, so that hurt. Um, so like in, in my, my Raider on Raider game, um, I'd like mulch. He had like a Raider with a defender and then I'd hide mine with the two Reapers. Um, so like on the turn that he ionized me, I just kind of brought my own Reapers in and focused them and just had them start shooting his Raider as well. Um, I ended up, I think I came out of that one, I think eight health left on mine, um, to his being destroyed, but he had like half a dozen crits that were face up on his at the end of the end of the end of the match yeah um so you ended up losing that one right mason oh yeah 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 gabe you lost yours and then i lost mine yep so mitch you're the Welcome only the winner real circle. winner <laughs> um, <laughs> i haven't what lost you guys... the game yet <laughs> <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on it being balanced. I'll, I'll start with you, Mitch. Do you think Epic, um, whether the scenario was balanced um, or since you played standard game two, do you think just standard um, Epic is um, pretty balanced? Ships can do a lot of crazy shit. And I think that's good because it was um, in 1.0 when you ran Epic ships, it was very much like we had tournaments that were giving people, hey, have 50 points that can only spend be spent on Epic ships just to kind of convince them hey you should try this out um and i think you need to approach another epic ship with care and you know precision don't string you know don't like you know single file string people you got to make sure that you come in with a plan get multiple guns on targets preferably from different angles in order to bring it down um but if you just kind of piecemeal it like a guy here a guy there an epic ship's going to run train on you um, yeah. So their you know, their force is to be feared, um, mm -hmm. and just about all of the epic ships have some awesome thing that they can do. Especially the the original trilogy factions, um, since they have titles and everything for their epic ships. Um, I think they really spend a lot of time the designers on those specific factions. Um, what about you, Mason? Um, what do you think about the balance? Well, considering that I've only played one second edition Epic game so far, um, and part I think definitely a part of the reason that I lost was that I brought too many aces and that I, I started my starting positioning was very wrong. Um, I don't think I have uh, any right kind of base to be able to judge that off of. Um, I do think that uh, having more generics in Epic is the right way to go. Um so I, I'd have to play more games to to kind of figure out really how to how to make a list in Epic work. Um, on, on that note about generics, um, the Epic Battles expansion introduces rules for wings, um, and wings are a good way to season one or two named characters in there without just having them getting instantly swatted um, by the amount of firepower that you can bring to bear. Um, so like that veteran squad leader allows you to bring like a couple choice named pilots. And then have them be supported by like a squadron of generics. Yeah, I think the wings are going to be a huge part of epic play. Um, I didn't try them just because we only had three hundred points, um, 
But Gabe, what do you think about the wings since you had one in so, your in your squad? So good. So um, I actually played after we played that one. I also played um, at home with my brother-in-law and my two sons. All wings report in where you have a defending team that's uh, 500 points, and then the four other players. Well, we only had three others. Each have one wing up to 200 points. So on that game, we had three wings versus a huge ship and a bunch of other scum ships that were trying to escape. Um, anyway, so I've seen the wings in action a lot, and they're just really neat how they move and the ability you have to really like. Well, Poe was in one with BB-8, so you could choose to boost first and then barrel roll, or boost first, then do his maneuver, then barrel roll, and then everybody just lines up with him. And so I think there's some really crazy things you can do. And so there are times when you will look at them and go, why is that only two points? That's nuts. But most of the time, two points is absolutely a fair and reasonable cost for that wing leader upgrade. And I'm so happy they're here. It does make it so... Like, how many ships do we have in my game of passing engagement? Because I had the three, four, five, and he had three, four, five, ten ships. And we had six styles between us. So that's pretty nice. Because I just had the huge ship, the wing, and the shuttle, and he, he had uh, Belbalab, his wing, and his huge ship. Like, three dials for an epic game. That's really nice. I can't wait until the other factions have some uh, wing leader cards. Like, I want to be able to fly... Like, for instance, there's um, Plo's Bros as a quick build card, where you have um, mm-hmm. Plo and then, like, as many V19s as you want um, as yeah. part of a wing. But you can't have that in regular play just because the veteran wing leader card doesn't let you. But I can't wait until the other factions have those cards like the First Order does, where you can have Kylo and Ty SFs as a wing. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I wonder why the First Order and the, and the Empire got it, but not the Republic. It seems... Shrug? We'll never yeah. know. But hopefully they're on their way. I bet they're, to they're testing them right now and trying to get those ready. Uh, also the new titles for those ships, because... Yeah. My my dream is that it'll be a card pack with the titles for the factions that didn't have titles and some crew such as Captain Kennedy for the First Order. That's my dream. Which guy is that one? Is that the old guy that uh, was getting mad at Hux? Yeah. I think it's like, <laughs> we'll have to launch the fighters five bloody minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, just some FYI on Epic. Uh, Mitch, we played this wrong. I looked it up after uh, when we were doing the TMK stream, Brian and I, um, someone posted on the Twitch chat that you can't put obstacles in the deployment zone in scenarios. It's like actually like written in the rules. Um, so we did that wrong. <laughs> so we did a lot of things wrong. I did something wrong in passing engagement. It says that the first player places two shuttles that range zero to two of one corner. And it just finally occurred to me what that means is you stick the range two in the corner and do a sweep, and the shuttles have to be within that arc that you've made with the range two template. I say at. It says at or within. This is at, sorry, at range zero to two. Yeah, they just have to be touching the template. It's yeah. a little bit bigger. Yeah, they, yeah. But I think my, one of mine might have been a little further than that. So that's something I'll have to keep in mind. So you just put that range two in the corner, sweep it out, and they have to be at least touching that area made by the range two template. So it's not like a typical square like you would imagine. That allows that allows a few more strategies too, because you could either like you know you could drop them all the way back on your board edge to kind of you know sweep in behind your fleet, or you could you know alternatively 
run them all along the sideboard edge and just kind of send them, you know, rushing headlong into the teeth of the enemy's deployment zone if they didn't uh, put anything on that side of the board. Ideally, what you do is you give your squad to the opponent one round early, and then your shuttles come up, and then they're torn. Do I keep attacking your squad, or do I switch and start attacking the shuttles? And maybe that won't work, because they'll just attack you, because you're worth a lot of points, too. But if both shuttles escape, that's 150 points for Gryffindor. So It's a huge know. point swing. I definitely think this scenario was... Um, fairly balanced um it takes a lot like you can't mess up turn zero um because if you mess that up like the whole game will probably be be lost for you but yeah um, it was playing it like multiple <laughs> times like i like you won't just get bored after the first time uh, you can keep playing it and each time learn something new um so i definitely like this this scenario i would, I would give it an a um I- I, I definitely agree with the replayability. Um, and well, one of the things you can change up is where you put those obstacles because you can put them all the way basically touching a board edge as long as it's not in a deployment zone and as long as it's outside of range one of another obstacle. So if you want, you can make the lanes really clear. We chose not to. I used the obstacles, the debris that came with the GR-75. Um, these, they're these giant wrecked medium transports. Um, it was a bad idea. <laughs> they're too big. <laughs> So we had a lot of lanes clogged because of that. You could just use your epic ship to run over them and open it up. I mean, as long as there's no guns pointed at you, the penalties for hitting an obstacle are next to none. Doing that, of course, while you're under fire, less good. Yeah. Oh, Which is another thing. The way this one's set up, um, you could set out up to range three. So engagement happened right away. That did for us as well. I think we were we were in the fight um, pretty close to round one. Oh, oh, another one on this scenario. Things I messed up. Um, the shuttles move at the system phase. So we play the whole first round, looked down, and said, oh, these should have moved at the beginning of round one. Whoops. If they had, I would have had a shot on their shuttles first round with my Upsilon, and things would have been quite different. Yeah, it's important not to miss the trigger. We almost missed the shuttles moving a couple times. Couple announcements uh, from FFG. Um, they said they won't um, have Epic in the official FFG app. Like they just straight out said it's not coming at all. What do you guys think about that? That's uh, stupid. I'm sorry, but that's stupid. I was very crushed yesterday. If you asked me yesterday, I would go on a rant. I've had mm-hmm. more sleep. I'm calmer. Uh, and my thought is, I hope they get rid of the whole app. I think the app is draining them of money that they don't have to spend, and they should ditch it. I think that their company will be better, and our products will be better if they don't divert resources to that horrible thing. It's fine. There are aspects I love about it. Hashtag higher rate. I mean, they could. What, yeah. I think. Have you guys? Did you guys ever play or download um, X Squad? It's a squad builder, and it's all. Like they don't, the guy stopped doing it because I think he may have got a letter from FFG just because he had oh. all the cards. Um, like it's what FFG I think wanted to make, um, and so like you build it with the cards themselves. So you pick Han Solo pilot card, right? And it will show Han Solo, and then you go through all the other cards. Oh, you pick Trick Shot, and it, like will show the cards laid out, like as if you were playing on the kitchen table. That's um, cool, and it's, oh. it's really cool. It even had a a game tracker um, where you'd have your list out on the screen and then 
you can flip the shields or um, flip the charges and such. It was so oh, nice. Yeah. So FFG should have hired that guy instead as well. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, what, it's like it's like they went off and did their. I mean, not to you know, bash on them, but there was a bunch of people that built you know very successful, very effective squad builders, and then they just kind of went off and did their own thing and did it less good. Yeah. So I. I do want to say that the thing I love most about it is I don't play as much X-Wing as I used to and being able to go, I want this pilot. Okay, now I'm going to click on Astromex or let's say crew. I want to click on crew. What crew can I put on this ship? Only the crew that are eligible for that ship show up and I can read the whole card for every crew as I scroll down the list and seeing the reading, the the information on the card is really helpful. That's what I liked about X-Squad. Like the UI was amazing. And it's like what FFG wanted to accomplish with their UI. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I hope it's open source. Um, it's on GitHub. So if anyone wanted to re- revive it or if FFG wanted to just like take it, they can. Um, it'd be so much better and does exactly what they wanted. Yeah, I think they should. I think they need to. Hopefully their contract ends at the end of this year and then it's like, we're having a different app. <laughs> that could be why they're not doing Epic in the app because couple months away from now they may have just a new app right um we can dream i hope that's that's my dream also the tantadu 4 expansion um for the 2.0 release the black box it has the raider dial in it i guess uh, multiple people Some have said yeah yeah um so watch out for that and if that's the case for yours um just go to um FFG's website and submit a parts request and they'll send you a new one. But yeah, it's definitely one of the areas where FFG is top notch with their customer support. Hmm. But the Raider dial is better. So just put the Raider dial in the back of your CR90 and nobody will ever know. Just Probably kidding. no one will ever notice. I'm telling you, people won't notice because how often are you going to be like, oh, that's totally different than what I thought? Wait a second. The CR90 has two blue banks, not one bank. Something's fishy here. <laughs> Um, what was the other thing they announced? Oh, the Von Regs tie from Wave Six and the Fireball expansion is getting delayed till February. So uh, sad. No new ships until then. We still have the Wave wait, Six coming. Wait, and wait, wait, everything in Wave Six is that stuff that's already been released in the conversion kits? Yeah, the stuff that's not delayed. So all this stuff is not delayed is in the conversion kit. But Von Reg and Resistance are, are delayed till February. Correct. Okay, this strengthens my thought that maybe they're coming up with a new app. Maybe. Um, the other thing, too, is Hot Shots and Aces is delayed. Let, That's let the me go pilot. get my tinfoil hat. Hold on. Okay, got my tinfoil <laughs> hat on. Yeah. Hot Shots and Aces, that's the pilot card pack. Um, that's delayed till February as well. Uh-huh. And then the other stuff, the devices and everything that we already have, isn't. So... Yeah. Okay, we're seeing a pattern Percy here. Theory. I'm getting excited. <laughs> you heard it here first on Inland Empire Aces. It could just be they're coming out with movie ships and they're going to take precedence. Um, yeah, I don't think so. The crest. Not long. Yoda, not long. Before the First Order gets their Von Rex die, for sure. Oh. Um, <laughs> salt. Um, closing thoughts. Um do you guys have any thoughts? Uh, Mason, do you have any? 
as far as closing thoughts go, um, I, I recommend to everybody that can try Epic 2.0. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot better than it was in the first edition. As Mitch was talking about, is the uh, the the Epic. Sh- I don't care. I'm just going to call them Epic ships because they're still Epic ships. <laughs> The epic ships are they've they've got feet uh and they can they can do things now uh and that that feels really good um definitely you definitely have to take squad building um to kind of another level to kind of figure out different interactions that you want between your ships and all your upgrades and don't run out of energy and don't get filled full of laser holes and good luck (laughs) (laughs) Uh, mitch do you have any closing thoughts have spoken (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to the mandalorian here in a minute um gabe what about you um i think passing engagement is a great get your feet wet kind of uh, opportunity to experiment with these huge ships uh some of these other scenarios are tons of fun but have a bit more rules passing or what's called uh atmospheric entry looks like a hoot um i had a blast with the all wings report in even though we didn't play a full game because my kids kind of got tired of it um but I loved it. I think the Epic Battles is really, for me, I mean, I'm still playing X-Wing because Epic Battles is awesome, and I was waiting for this to come out, and it's everything I wanted it to be. Um, and bonus, it has all those number tokens for your locks and your ship ID tokens to go with your wings, and it's really nice having all those numbers. All different colors. and everything. Different colors. Gold Squadron, Blue Squadron, Red Squadron. Yeah, I, I actually wondered, why aren't there green? Because Green Squadron was canonically at at the Battle of Endor. And then I was talking with, with my wife and she's like, didn't they just change green maneuvers to blue maneuvers because of colorblind people? And I was like, you don't even play this game and you know. <laughs> yeah. So that's nice. probably why. For my shout outs, I just want to give a shout out to Ties for Tots. Um, earlier in the episode, um, I did an interview with Brian. Um, he created Ties for Tots. Um, this year is going to be at GMI Games on December 14th. Um, at 11 a.m. is the sign-in. So if you're in the area, just come to the tournament. Even if you can't even play, donate a toy or two. Um, we have There's always lots of prize support for that one, and it's a whole lot of fun. Are you guys going to be able to attend, except for Gabe, I know. Unless you're going to fly out, Gabe, are you going to do that? Wait, what day is it? December 14th. That. I wasn't listening. Oh, no. No. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mason and Mitch? Um, I'm thinking I can make it out to that one. That sounds like something that um, I could do, yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely try to be there if I can. Um, we may have a Vegas trip during that time, but I don't think we're going to be on the weekend there. So should be able to make it. Um, that's it for the main show. Can I, can I do ahead. a shout-out? Yeah. I, did, I, I did closing thoughts, but I didn't know it shout-outs, too. My bad. Um Shout out to Third Eye Games. That's where I'm playing now over in Annapolis. Uh, great little crew, and we're trying to build the X-Wing scene there again. Uh, also on the 7th of December in Glen Burnie, Maryland, there's going to be an epic showcase event. So a bunch of people are gone at PAX Unplugged, uh, but everybody who's not is getting together that Saturday just to try out epic scenarios together and have a blast. So it's going to be a big Saturday event where we all play epic and huge ships. Very nice. Nice. That's like games and stuff. Yeah. So that's the end of our show. If you want to hear about The Mandalorian, um, continue listening. If you haven't watched it yet or um, 
you just don't like Star Wars, I don't know why you wouldn't or why you would be listening, but we're going to talk about it. So close your ears or turn off the show. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it yet and I don't have access to it. So I'm going to take the earbud out. Bye. What? You don't have access uh, to yeah. it. No, I don't. All right. With that, then I'm going to sign off as well so that I'm not uh, leaving Mason as my guest here to be bored. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, go play games. Yeah, podcast. I play more X-Wing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabe, have you seen The Mandal- Mandalorian? I have. Have you seen the latest episode? No, did you? This came out today, yeah. You saw it? Mm-hmm. It oh, I've been at- fighting kids. I was going to wait till afterwards. Well, see, my problem is um, the baby wants to be fed at like 3 o'clock in the morning. So oh. I wake up at that time. Bummer. And- I That's guess I'll I just it. watch this show, this awesome Star Wars show. Yeah. Well, it was like uh, my job is to put her to bed after she eats. Yeah, and definitely. So it will take like, so, like, it doesn't take too long at night to put her down. Um, but after she wakes up, after that initial like five or six hours, it takes forever. So for the whole half an hour, I'm like rocking um, to rock her to sleep. Yeah. Um, I'm just watching on my phone, The Mandalorian. I watched the whole episode, and so I'm like, that's how long it took. <laughs> but what do you think of uh, the first episode? So good. I mean, um, that's not my favorite part of Star Wars, the the Outer Rim, Smugglies Come in Villainy kind of stuff. But it was really satisfying to just watch it play out. What, what do you think of, I I really liked it. Just it, It's like a Western set in space. and yeah. And you could tell the uh, first. The, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was I was just gonna say you can tell the first episode that was directed by Dave Filoni. So if you ever like um, the Clone Wars, you could tell that he's the one that directed that episode, and it it feels and looks good. Um, I really like the show. I think that they did a fantastic job with world building. Like you know, we're all into this back behind you know. Uh, in the background kind of lore stuff and they just brought so much put so much of it in there for you to just delve into especially life day they talked about life day yeah they said life day they mentioned beskar they had uh they dropped whatever the name is for mon calamari credits um i can't remember the name i'm like and they're fishy soft things i'm like this is something the first or one of the has glasses in the star wars universe um that science guy there might have been one person with glasses in Solo. But if not, then this is the first guy in Star Wars with glasses. And I'm like, I relate. So, yeah. Um, and what do you think of the Baby Yoda? The what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't wait to watch the next episode and find out what happens. I thought um, it was a real shame that IG-11 had to go. But if it was for a Baby Yoda, then I guess it's okay. <laughs> I think he'll be back. Like I, not I necessarily that specific one, but another IG droid with like his memory. Just like I think oh, it's gonna yeah. be a recurring thing throughout the show for that to just appear each it has each other to be, every because, other episode. I mean, that would make sense yeah. for why he was so comfortable with self destructing. If he knew that he was backed yeah. up somewhere else or somebody else was gonna Yeah. Huh, interesting. That's my theory. And I guess that was Taika Watiti? Who was the voice of the IG-11? Oh, really? 
<laughs> so um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, Blurgs were great. I had to ask myself, is this Ryloth or is this a place like Ryloth? That's and, right there in Ryloth. I knew it was some someplace in uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, and I was like, so I really miss the Rogue One names of all the planets we go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the one guy is an Ugnaught. So if yep. you ever watched Rebels, they had the Ugnaughts in there. Yeah. Uh, that was really good. Yeah. I really liked it because um, it was tying like all the other mo- all the movies like together. Kind of like how um, Rogue One kind of ties that to the um, like a new hope to the prequels and stuff. I really like that. Yeah, Same you know, I'm really interested. Remember how The Force Awakens, you jump in and it's 30 years later and you're trying to piece together what's happened in the interim? And they have a little bit of that going on with Mandalorian. The Empire's dead, but like how much time has passed? Where are we? What's going on? And so I'm very excited to see that kind of backstory tale unfold as we're also following the adventures of this Mandalorian who has this um, this bounty, this assignment. Um, which also, was it not weird that he was like alive or dead? No, I, I want alive. But then the IG is like, I was specifically told to kill it. I think someone else... Um, hired him, right? Hired him. I don't think it yeah, was the same. So then guy. I'm like, I don't think so either. But I'm like, okay, so who is this, and and what's going to happen with these two conflicting people who are both both competing for this prize? And, yeah. Also, the the guy that hired him is uh, an imperial governor or whatever. So, like, well, he's not really governing anything anymore. But, yeah, like former moth or something. Yeah. yeah. And so I wonder if it's like an, a, a competing since like the imperial navy has split. And it's oh, like it retreats if it's a competing one, and they don't want them to get that baby Yoda because uh, it yeah. could be like a clone or something. Um, yeah, that's, that's what just I heard. To see. And I heard that um, the Mandalorian will tie into Rise of Skywalker. So some of the stuff I'm hearing about Rise of Skywalker, there could be clones or um, people. Well, I haven't heard anything about Rise of Skywalker. I plugged my ears, and I'm saying, well, have you la, seen la, la, la. the? commercials or the not the commercials but the um trailer i've seen the second trailer that got me really excited with the with luke saying like nothing's ever dead yeah so that was the first one no one's no one's ever really gone so Um, i think that may be like a hint to cloning or something it could be it could be we'll see we'll see and also with theory with that the science guy from um the first episode of mandalorian where he's like don't kill um don't kill the bounty he's actually yeah. wearing i guess he's wearing something on his um shirt pointing to camino which gives more hint to clones oh, like okay, i'm watching the first episode camino, again yeah and then i'm gonna watch the second episode <laughs> <laughs> so or maybe I'll watch the second episode then watch the first one and the second one again tomorrow and that's probably what I'll do. when the third one comes out watch them all again that's right. Yeah, it's going to be this whole like those games you play where you have to memorize what everybody before you said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, uh, I'll let you go because I'm sure it's well. It's like what eight o'clock out there. So. Uh, yeah. So just enough time for the next episode. Um, thanks for tuning in, everybody else who stuck around, and uh, may the force be with you. A day of harmony.